Dalton takes a shotgun snap. Quick throw nice. caught by Get Green. It, it is a yeah. touchdown! Adriel Jeremiah Green. You don't live in Cleveland. Hello and welcome to episode, I don't know, what, what are we calling it? We're calling this Mini Natter number two, uh, or 81.2. It's our second Mini Natter, our kind of instant-ish reaction to the night before the draft. And of course yesterday it was uh, day two, rounds two and three, uh, and uh, the Bengals didn't trade down. I think that was... One of the headlines, they decided to stay pat, which is a phrase I've been uh, seeing quite a lot. Uh, staying pat. And uh, they stayed uh, at six... No, hold on, 33. Sorry, you have to forgive me. I literally woken up about half an hour ago. So um, they stayed basically the top of their rounds. They didn't trade down. And uh, they selected T Higgins, the wide receiver, and Logan Wilson, the linebacker. Um and joining me to ruminate over the fun and frivolities of last night is not only Nathan Palmer, my usual uh, partner in crime, but Andrew Dockerell. We're, we're joined by Andrew because uh, uh, he was doing some fantastic mock drafts for us. So I was keen to get uh, an actual expert's uh, opinion on the what, what draft. Are you, what are you saying, my son? <laughs> well, you know, we, we try and bluff it, Frank. We try and wing it as best we can, Nathan. But sometimes you've just got to get an expert in. So, Andrew, welcome. Good morning. How are you feeling? Uh, tired is the first one. Yeah. Um, but no, it's been it's been a good two days. I'm excited to kind of get it get it get it done with today. Mm. Carry on. Sorry, I've just taken a bite of toast. And you talk a bit, Nathan. <laughs> Mate, I, I, I'm echoing Andrew Saltz here. I'm absolutely shagged. Um, it's been two <laughs> days in a row, going to bed at half four, waking up at about nine-ish um, with you on the on the blower trying to do these mini natters. So what more I've could you want? Me, was, a, me wake, you wake, virtually waking up with me. What more could you want? <laughs> Got our body clocks in sync, my son, haven't we? Um, yeah, I mean, again, what Andrew said, a good night. Like, you know, some... Exciting picks. I think, you know, looking at... I mean, do you want to break them down, son, in more detail? Do you want to put a bit of structure to this uh, mini NASA? Or do you want me not, to just not really. crack on while you're eating your toast? Yeah, I've got... Um, I'm eating my breakfast of choice, which is which is what I like to call Snickers on toast. <laughs> which is <laughs> a, com- a, a combination of Nutella and peanut butter on toast. And it it's just banjo every time. It's fantastic. It does sound quite good, I have to say. Yeah. Um... Um, I must say, before you you crack on with your detailed expert analysis, Nathan, <laughs> um, I'm actually quite enjoying these broadcasts. I think they're doing a really, really good job. What, the whole, like, remote draft type thing? Yeah, I think it's that they're doing a really good job. And I actually kind of quite like going into players' houses and it's, I feel like it's through the keyhole, basically. Yeah, I know you mean. I think going into the players' houses is quite a nice touch. There's been some funny, um, you know, sort of funny things going on, like seeing behind the scenes, like with CD Lamb and his, you know, the phone getting taken off his thing. Obviously, oh, Cliff Mike Vrabel. Mike yesterday. You talked about Cliff Kingsbury, but that one of Mike Vrabel yesterday was hilarious, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was good. That one. Apparently, he wasn't on the toilet. He was just a re. He just looked massively like he was, but he was sat at a <laughs> table. I heard. But it was the most 
the weirdest looking scene is like some bloke dressed as a blue alien and then some bloke with a <laughs> mullet and a tash and then some bloke looking like he's, he's, he's backing one out on the car it's, it was ridiculous <laughs> anyway. I can, what would it be like if you were getting drafted so what would it look like at the Hieron's household you in the sewing room with um, with a couple of the cats basically yeah it'd be really boring <laughs> to be honest really boring <laughs> Right, okay. Let's get to it. Oh, God, I've got a bit of peanut butter stuck in my teeth. Right. Um, T. Higgins. Now, I've been banging on about him, and it's very rare that a player that you kind of zip, for me at least anyway, that shows you what I'm like at draft evaluation, uh, a player that is uh, that you really like and you really kind of secretly hope that they pick. Denzel Mims was there. Zach Bourne was there. Josh Jones was there. Everyone's kind of clamouring for Josh Jones, actually. Um, and yet they took the wide receiver. Um, Nathan, your thoughts, and, and then Andrew, chip in. What do you thought? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I wouldn't say it was a. You know, I've been quite vocal about saying I didn't think wide receiver was as big of a need as others have said. But it's hard not to be excited when you get a dynamic playmaker um, like T. Higgins. You know, he, he's. I think the. The one other thing with T Higgins that is really exciting before we even get into talking about you know his game, and I think Andrew will do a better job than me, um, it, like breaking that down. But you, it's not often you get a player that is openly coming out and saying, you know, I'm a Bengals fan. I've grown up watching AJ Green play. You know, there's a tweet that he put on his Twitter saying that um, you know he really wanted to meet AJ Green one day. He's like, I'm definitely going to meet him, and now he's playing. You know, probably lining up alongside him. So. It's hard not to get excited when you get a playmaker like T Higgins um, and you pair him with Joe Burrow. It almost reminds me in reverse order of how the Bengals um, rebuilt, drafted Andy Dalton in the second round and Green in the first round um, all those years ago. So, you know, regardless of whether or not it's the biggest need that we had, um, I think it's impossible not to be excited by this. Andrew, what what are your thoughts? Tell us a bit about T Higgins' game. Yeah, Nathan's probably smashed it there in terms of playmaker. Yeah, mm. this is what his game is. He's productive, um, and he has been for years uh, since his freshman year in college. And he's tied for the most touchdown receptions in school history, and that's a pretty good thing to say when you've had DeAndre Hopkins, Sammy Watkins come through Clemson too. Um, in fact, he's the only guy to ever have double-digit touchdowns consecutively seasons. Mm. Um, and it, it's that production that goes back to high school too. He was a number two wide rec- wide receiver recruit in the nation coming out of high school. He was a top three basketball player as well. And I think that's what you see in his game so much. He's super physical, contesting for the ball like it's kind of like a rebound in basketball, meeting right. it at his highest point. Um, and when you're a 6'4 guy doing that, you don't need to be a super separator in terms of speed. Mm. Um, even in a cornering good position, you're still going to win a lot of those balls. Mm. It's yeah. funny actually looking at T Higgins because if you go on his NFL.com draft profile before the draft, the one player they compared him to as a direct comparison was AJ Green. Um, and I think last night on the broadcast they said something about how in the last 10 years of the draft, only four players um, have had arms that have been that long. I, was I, gonna thought, des- I thought you were going to say only four players have had arms in the past. And I thought, <laughs> hold on a minute, hold on a minute. What's going on? It's here? a rare trait these days. So. I know, I know. Um, no, but they were saying there's only, I think, four or five players that have had this sort of arm length, and they were AJ Green, who was one of them, Des Bryant. Um, I think the other one might have been Michael Thomas or someone, but right, serious, serious playmakers. Mm. So mm. 
you know, everything I'm seeing there with comparisons and um, sort of metrics on size and everything and speed, it look is looking really exciting. I feel he's I feel he's a true outside receiver, which is something apart from AJ we haven't got. And and when AJ went down, because a lot of people are sort of querying, you know, Josh Jones was there and. The offensive line, uh, it, certainly among fans, quite obviously, is the perceived big weakness uh, and need there. So a lot of people will kind of say, well, we don't really need a wide receiver, right? And I'm thinking, well, they did run a lot of 11 personnel last year, three wide receivers. Uh, maybe perhaps, you know, you look at the fact when AJ went down, it was kind of Tyler Boyd and the occasional flourish from Auden Tate. Uh, Alex Erickson, who's not going to, frankly, you know, turn up any trees. So I, I really liked, and of course, the uncertainty with John Ross and the uncertainty with AJ in, in terms of contract. I do think this was a need, and I think you know, if you were going to say, if they're going to run eleven personnel, um, you know, John Ross is still very, not very durable, and very st- still very inconsistent. I do wonder what his immediate future is going to be after this pick. Um, but yeah, if you can imagine AJ in Higgins on the outside and Boyd in the slot, which is where he was really drafted to to perform, I think that's a on paper at least that's a pretty pretty sexy three way. <laughs> no, not that. Well, wait, wait a not minute, that. Sam. Oh, no, wait a on. minute. Like, just, did I just detect you bullshitting another rumor on this podcast? What? Like, I, you just tried to sneak that in and hope me and Dockers didn't hear about it. You saying you're worried <laughs> about John Ross's, Ross's immediate future? Are you, are yeah, you trying I to, am. Like, I, it's not. It's not a rumor. It's an opinion. And I ooh, think. Ooh, I think ooh, he'll what? be. I think he'll be gone anyway uh, this time next year. So. Um, but do you think there's a chance he could be gone this off season? Uh, I think there's got to be a chance. And if you draft a wide receiver, and you're looking, I mean, he's still on his rookie deal, isn't he? But I, I just don't think his his option is going to be taken up. It's just too expensive. And for what I like, I like John Ross a lot, and um, I wish him. I just wish he would kick on because I think he'd be a real threat, you know. But as we've spoken about on this podcast before, he's so inconsistent. He's so. He's not very durable, um, so I, I would imagine that at some point in the nearish future he'll be, he'll be, he won't be retained. Put it that way. Do, do you know the only way I can see him being retained, and I, I wouldn't know off the top of my head if the financials would check out for this, but I guess they could. Is if next year John Ross had a breakout year, you know, and a lot of players tend to in their contract years, so it's not impossible. If he had a really strong year, Tyler Boyd had a good year, and you saw some real potential out of T. Higgins, there's a chance, you know, depending on how AJ Green looks, he hasn't played a game in a long time and he's getting towards the end of his career. You know, they're drafting T. Higgins potentially as a long term replacement for AJ Green. There's a chance that you could franchise John Ross and say, look, like for one year, Ross is playing at a really high level that we know he's got the potential to. You've got Ross as your speed guy and you're sort of number one. You've got Tyler Boyd as your slot guy. And you've got T Higgins going into his second year as your sort of real sort of, you know, quality uh, number three receiver. That's potentially, you know, something they might consider. And you say at the end of next season, you know, to AJ Green, an incredible servant to the club, but actually... You know, we're not sure this is going to be a long-term agreement because you've got to remember with AJ, there's still a big question mark there as to what he's got and if he can stay healthy um, as well as that. 100%. And that's why I think Higgins, the selection of Higgins is actually a pretty good pick because not only could he 
could he feasibly start in a kind of an, an 11 personnel grouping but he could and you know kind of be shadowing AJ and kind of you know AJ's not been very durable the past couple of years either so I think it's it's not only good starting pot- potential but also good insurance potential as well Andrew what, yeah. what do you think of the wide receiver room now yeah, I think it frees you up massively. Um, like you mentioned with Ross, there is that fifth-year option. It's expensive. Uh, yeah. It's about 15 million, I think, uh, for a top 10 pick. <clears throat> However, like you said, if it's a one-year kind of roll the dice, you think you've got a shot at contending for playoffs. Why not add another weapon? We're never that tight to the cap mm. in regards to adding a guy like that there. Mm. And like you mentioned on AJ, yeah, certainly injury issues, um, so adding a guy who can fill a similar role, and you're just you're just deepening your rotation, which is what you need for a good yeah. team. Yeah. Uh, the ability to bring guys on and off, which I think we saw the issue last year. The the guys just looked tired running the routes because yeah. the room was so empty. Yeah. Well, Andrew, how much playing time do you think that T Higgins will realistically see if the room is healthy? And I know we're so used to the room not being healthy, but if AJ Green, Tyler Boyd. Um, and John Ross are able to stay on the field for the majority of the 16 games. Um, how much playing time do you think Higgins will see? And also, who do you think is going to be a cut casualty as a result of us investing that pick in him? It'll be an interesting one to watch. Um, well, it'll be interesting to see how much kind of practice squad and uh, roster time we get for these rookies pre-season. Um, you could potentially look at a lineup, like you said, of Green. Um, and Higgins on the outside, um, and then just bring in John Ross if you want to do something kind of different, looking to kind of create a vertical spread. Um, Which obviously Burrow is used to. That's real. Exactly. Spread, That's and this is the thing with Burrow's game. He loves to throw these kind of deep rainbow balls where he lofts it up high, mm. back shoulder, and kind of gets his guy to go up and get it. And that is Higgins' game. Yeah. Um, and so you've got AJ and Higgins on both sides of the field. That's that's a perfect combination for yeah. kind of Joe's game there. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, congratulations to T Higgins. I think um, I was excited by the pick, and I think most Bengals fans were. And then uh, round two started to uh, develop. Michael Pittman went. Xavier McKinney went. Yetta Gross Matos went. Ross Blacklock, who we'd been kind of linked with earlier on in the day, uh, went to Houston. Cole Kemet, your man Nathan, went to the Bears to. I think they've got about 70 tight ends in their tight end room at the yeah, moment. Yeah, they've got 10. <laughs> <laughs> Antoine Winfield went. So all these players that we were talking about, Steelers chose Chase Claypool, the enormous... Useless. Terrible pick. Yeah, it's quite high for him, I thought, but so it wasn't. <laughs> no, just, um, just trying to bag on the Steelers there. The Eagles selected a quarterback, which was a shock, and then they came out and said, we might actually put on two quarterbacks uh, on, on the field, which is uh, an interesting one. Um AJ uh, Epeniza uh, or Epeniza, but I, I like Epeniza because all I've got in my head is like, E's are good, E's are good, Epeniza good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, who else? Van Jefferson, Ezra Cleveland, and then uh, Denzel Mims dropped quite a lot. He, he's selected by the Jets, and Josh Uche, Willie Gay went, and uh, my, my man Chinners, Jeremy Chin, went right at the end of the second round. So. Going into that third round, there was, uh, from memory, there was Zach Bourne, there was still Josh Jones. Um, uh, so there was, I mean, who were you hoping for, Andrew, when that uh, when the third round began? 
I have to say I was just confused by the Josh Jones <laughs> drop. Um, yeah. I I really liked him. He was kind of my kind of fourth tackle yeah. um, going into the draft. I think a few guys maybe only see him as a guard, but still, right. the way he dropped was kind of... I still don't know, really. Mm. Um, maybe there was something we come out, maybe there'll be an injury thing or a, I don't, yeah. another sort of red flag. I don't know. The other guy would be... Um, Josh Uche, who the Patriots snapped up. Yeah. Um, he's a guy I really likes in terms of his versatility to rush and drop back in coverage. But no, Wilson's a good guy and he really kind of crept up boards. Mm. Sorry, I'm just scrambling around my bed uh, at the moment. Uh, yes, um, we, we chose the Wyoming uh, linebacker, Logan Wilson, who I think uh, Joe Goodbury said that um, when he came on our draft one of our draft special podcasts he was he was eyeing up logan wilson and i think again the the need especially when you look at like the ravens completely crushing this draft and uh selecting another highly rated running back to add to to uh lamar jackson and mark ingram it's like god we we thank god that we signed dj reader for a start and then we do need a linebacker now and they went for would you say he's a jack of all trades um andrew what kind of player is 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 logan wilson from your evaluation standpoint yeah do you know who he reminds me of um is a guy who we were linked to in free agency it's uh nick kwiatkowski oh okay right right he's he's that kind of he's a high floor guy who's never going to be elite but he just kind of yeah like you say he's a jack of all trades has ability to cover uh, really good in the run game, a really good tackler. He led his college in tackling four straight seasons. Um, but he's a smart guy. He knows how to read the play and he gets hands on the ball. I think he had a, over 10 rece- interceptions mm. in college. Um, and I think he would start. I think you've got, in a 4-3 at least, you've got yeah. Pratt in the middle, Bynes as a weak side, and then Logan Wilson becomes your strong side guy. Yeah, yeah. And of course, they may be they may be going towards more 3-4 looks, Um but certainly, I think you know we all we all knew Nathan that the the linebacker room needed some reinforcement, and it was reinforced. And I think this was a, a very popular pick. Yeah, we we all knew that the linebacker position was one of the most prevalent, and I think we had to address it sort of in the first um, three or four rounds. I, I just you know just echo what Andrew said again. I, I'm I'm stunned about Josh Jones because I think a lot of people, certainly if you were drafting off of what people were saying on Twitter, Josh Jones was the guy. You know, people were talking about you know desperately needing to sort of protect Joe Burrow. He's an athletic um, guy. A lot of projections had him going in the first round, and to see you know I was sitting there sort of you know watching a bit of TV, playing the PlayStation, looking at the draft, and I was like. You know, Josh Jones still hasn't gone. He's getting into the middle of the round. And, yeah. you know, Zach Bourne as well, another guy that was tipped to go in the first round. And all of a sudden, you started creeping towards the edge of, um, you know, the end of the uh, second round. And my PlayStation controller goes down. And I was sort of rubbing my hands together, being, <laughs> if we could steal Josh Jones here yeah. at the start of the third round, um, but not to be. And he ended up sort of falling even further down into the third round. So really bizarre, especially with, you know, a lot of teams desperately wanting offensive tackle help. Mm-hmm. Um, but Logan Wilson, yeah, I, I think it's a great pick. I mean, I, the other thing I think with Logan Wilson is to echo that he's, I think he was a team captain um, for a number of years and a really high character guy. And I think that's something Zach Taylor's big on. Yeah. So again, you had another leader to that locker room, which I think is always a positive. Um, good in coverage, you know. I think a lot of people say middle linebackers that you know you don't have to hide them, and he's certainly not a guy that 
that hid around a lot. He was a lot of interceptions at Wyoming, albeit against you know lesser competition um, playing in that division. But yeah, I'm excited. He's productive, high character guy, fills a position of need. Um, and I think you know, like you said, he really crept up a lot of draft boards at the end. Yeah, no, I agree. I think he's uh, that high character guy, that real leader in the middle, and as Andrew said, a real all rounder. And I think you know the state of our linebacker room. Uh, I think it's uh, a no-brainer uh, to take Logan Wilson at that spot. Andrew, your boy Antonio Gibson went straight afterwards uh, to the Redskins. Um, and then we had people like Damian Lewis go off the board to Seattle. Uh, Justin Madabuike, who I think uh, had interviewed with the Bengals, the defensive tackle. He went to the Ravens. Josh Jones then did eventually go uh, to the Cardinals. In round three, Zach Bourne eventually went as well. He, he dropped, even though Dave Lapham in one of our in our other uh, draft uh, preview episodes kind of predicted that he'd go late second because that's what a lot of NFL people were telling him. Uh, Zach Bourne dropped to the third. Um, uh, who else uh, is Brian Edwards went to the Raiders? That's a good pick, I think. Gallimore, Neville Gallimore was slated to go much higher. He went to the uh, Cowboys. Uh, well, I'm not going to go through all of them, but um, uh, Devin Duvernay went to the uh, or Duvernay went to the Ravens, uh, and Cincinnati Josh Degara went in the went on day two, which I don't think many people predicted, but uh, Green Bay picked him up. So uh, Malik Harrison went to the Ravens. Ravens are absolutely knacking this draft. It's slightly annoying, um, but there we go. Uh, so just uh, let's wrap this up. Uh, Nathan, who are you looking at round three and uh, sorry, round four? I do uh, do beg your pardon, and, and obviously it's going to be concluded today. Today we're recording this on a Saturday. Um, any directions? We're looking at again. We're looking at offensive line. We're looking at maybe some pass rush help. Uh, we're looking at a tight end. What's what are your thoughts for the final day of the draft? Well, I mean, I like I said, the offensive line really worries me. And I'm, you know, like I said, T. Higgins really excited. But I think that to come away out of three rounds with no offensive tackle worries me a lot. I think, you know, looking at that team, you've got Jonah Williams projected to start a left tackle. You've got Michael Jordan left guard, Trey Hopkins center, probably Sua Filo at right guard, and then Bobby Hart at right tackle. And, you know, if you look at that there, there's a, it's a lot of question marks. And, I think it's all well and good getting these playmakers for Joe Burrow, but we don't want Joe Burrow to be taking a beating. Um, and I think that you know, even bringing in a four, you know a guy at the, first, the top of the fourth round on the offensive line, you know, it still worries me there. So, in terms of players, I mean, not that I'm a great pronouncer of names at the best of times. Two guys I think that were quite highly rated on the offensive line that are still available is Prince Tega Wanogo yeah. and Sahadik Charles. Yeah. Um, from LSU who played with Joe Burrow so yeah. you know they're, they're guys potentially that we could be looking at but I really really think we need to address that offensive line Andrew what are you saying are you going in that sort of offensive line direction or are you thinking again strengthening I think I think to be honest we've got some nice sort of flair skill players I think it for me personally I think it's time to address the trenches don't you yeah, I agree. Um, especially with the Ravens, like you say, adding Matabuke as a defensive tackle. Browns added Jordan Elliott. I think interior line is where I'd really like to challenge uh, Jordan or Suofilo. Hmm. Natani Muti is kind of a guy like, um, a real mauler. Uh, Plugger Pay, he has some injury issues, but he could be a starter. 
It was a bit annoying to see Matt Pitt go. He was my guy right, as a right, right tackle. Yeah, went late to the Giants. <laughs> like you say, Ni- the Nigerian Prince Tegoenego. Um, he's a good shout. And then there's two guys from the Senior Bowl: Ben Barch, Alex yeah. Taylor. Tight end is also a question. There's a lot of good names. Um, they're available at tight end if they're not confident in his armor and sample. Mm. Or maybe you trade down at the start here. Um, obviously, it's the first pick of the day. So there's a little premium there. Yeah. Um, the only other thing you can kind of look at is the names they've spoke to. And I think a lot of those names are linebacker edge hybrids. Yeah. So you've got Azur, Kamara. More yeah. of a, these are more late round guys. Yeah. Um, kind of project shoots. But Azur, Azur Kamara is a real kind of raw athletic guy. Derek Tusker as well, wasn't it? Yeah, Derek Tuska. Yeah. Uh, Travis Gibson, um, Troy Dye, Davis Gaifer. These are all guys they've kind of spoke to. Bradley and I was at the Senior Bowl as well. As yeah, I, th- I think they might dip into. I think they might have a have a tickle on uh, Bradley and I. That's my maybe tip. I think maybe. Yeah. I think these are all good guys. And then offensive line, Cameron Clark is a guy from Charlotte that's quite good as well. Hmm. Um, James Lynch, defensive end from Baylor. There's, yeah, yeah, there's a yeah, lot yeah. of good talent still on the board. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting to see where they go. Very much so. Uh, well, that's it for um, your second mini natter. I hope you're enjoying them. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow morning. Uh, I'm not quite sure whether it'll be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, but we'll be here. And uh, thank you for joining us. If you want to get in touch with us, you can on uh, Twitter at whoday underscore UK uh, or uh, on Facebook at Bengals UK. We've got... Uh, We've got our Burrow Box video up. Um, and don't forget, we do have a watch party on this Sunday, Sunday the 26th. It's the 2014 Monday Night Football, as requested by Nathan Palmer. It is uh, the Broncos at the Bengals. So do tune into that and keep it locked or tuned in or whatever to our Twitter feed because uh, we'll be pushing that hard. And come and join us. It's good fun. Uh, so with that, we'll be back tomorrow morning. Uh, it's a who day from me and a who day from me cheers guys and it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation